friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and today on the podcast, I am doing my 2021 year in review. I've been doing these for the last several years, so it's always interesting to look back on what's happened um, over the last year and kind of how my business has changed and also things that have gone well, things that have not gone well, and all of that. So just like I'm a huge fan of uh, goal setting, I'm also a huge fan of looking back at the goals that you you set for the past year and kind of seeing where the cards ended up falling. So I'm gonna kick off the episode with things that I think were a struggle this year to start with the more negative things. Um, Normally I like to start with the positive, but um, this year I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit and talk about uh, the struggles that I had. I did kind of touch on quite a few of these in my mid-year report for 2021. Um, and I think that the second half of the year has seemed to be a little bit more of what I would consider normal, but the first thing that I personally really struggled with, and I also found this to be true for a lot of my students and just kind of also in life is that material costs have really gone up. And I think for me, I buy most of my materials directly from a wholesaler in China. So the actual material costs haven't really gone up that much for me. It's the shipping that has gone up. Um, And so that, but it has gone up so substantially that the material costs on those items are just under 50% more than they were just a few years ago. So it's been a pretty significant increase in raw material costs for me, um, which has been, frustrating obviously because that's going to cut into the profit margins unless the pricing can support it and it just really can't support it that much um i don't feel like i have a huge amount of wiggle room to continue to raise my prices on my baby blankets and bunnies because there's not really anything unique enough about them that warrants me being so much more expensive than other comparable items So the blankets that I buy, I buy from a wholesaler. I add the monogram to them, but obviously everybody else on the internet has access to those wholesalers and can add a monogram as well. So mine is a little bit different than it would be if you created a truly handmade item that has a unique quality that you're putting into it that somebody can't turn around and buy that exact same thing from somebody else. But Those material costs have increased significantly. I don't know that I really see that changing in the coming year. I'm hoping that it will stabilize because my shipping, like I said, it's really the shipping costs with stuff um, coming from overseas, but those costs actually went up, I think twice the wholesaler raised the prices 
um, just within the last 12 months. So, and the most recent one was pretty recent. So I'm hoping that moving forward into 2022, that cost will just stay the same. Um, even if it doesn't go back down again, I don't anticipate that it'll go back down, but if it will just stop going up, that'd be great. Um, which can allow that to feel like it's a little bit more in control and not so much like, okay, every single time I'm ordering new supplies, I'm making less profit on each one. The second thing that I found to be a struggle this year was labor issues. And like I said, I know that this is true kind of across the board and also not just for me and not just for my Etsy shop and whatever. This is like sort of a national issue, but um, I've had a lot of trouble finding help in my Etsy shop. And even when I had, um, I had an employee that was working with me for the first half of the year, but she needed more hours and she needed more money and I couldn't really provide either one of those. So the labor, the inconsistency of the labor has been a little bit of a struggle and also just the labor costs. I mean, everything has just gotten more expensive. Um, you know, I was told by someone that if I wanted to hire help in my shop, I probably needed to be paying them around $30 an hour. And that's just not really going to be um, sustainable for my shop. And I also just can't offer that many hours because my shop is just simply not that time consuming, which is great. But, you know, in terms of hiring somebody, that poses its own set of problems because how many people want a job that's like six hours a week? Um, it's hard to find somebody that wants so few hours. So that has been a little bit challenging and it has left me in the position where I am back to doing all of the monogramming myself. But the good side of that, or I guess the positive spin on that, is that I really don't mind doing the monogramming in my shop. And like I said, it's not that time consuming really. I typically spend one day a week um, in, in like doing the physical product creation, the monogramming and everything. Um, my children are, my older three kids are school aged and my youngest one is in daycare during the school day from eight to three. So I have that time every day that's blocked out and set aside to work. So if I only have to spend one day a week doing the monogramming and the rest of the time I can work with my students and scale your sales and the other things that I have to do in life and all of that, then it makes it really manageable for me. So while I was really sad to lose my employee and it was really inconvenient timing because she left for another job right literally the day that my children got out of school for the summer, which was a little stressful for me, but um, it's actually ended up working out okay because it's put me back in a position where I'm doing that hands-on creation again, which I don't mind. I listen to audiobooks usually or podcasts while I'm doing it. And it's sort of that mindless creation. My my monogramming is extremely repetitive. Um, so it's sort of just this like mindless little assembly line. The next thing that I thought was um, a struggle, I guess, <laughs> was just the inconsistency in life with COVID. And I mean, I know that this is not like groundbreaking news for anyone, especially if you have kids that you are dealing with the back and forth um, 
of school and daycare and all of that stuff, it kind of adds another layer. And I have four kids, so it's a lot of back and forth and up and down. So I found that to be honestly probably one of the biggest struggles for me this year, um, just because I really function best in a structured routine and I find the instability of um, things closing down or going virtual or whatever uh, to be really disruptive. And I know that everybody finds it to be disruptive. Like I, again, am not unique in that. It is disruptive. Um, I struggle with it a lot more than I would have thought that I would. Like I just really need the routine. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would say I struggle with it more than I thought. I know that I'm like a really anal routine type person. So it's just frustrating, you know, because there's not really anything that you can do about it and it's not really anybody's fault and it kind of just is what it is. Um, but that's been really hard and having my kids were virtual all of January, the whole month, and then they went back to school and then my baby started daycare and then she was sick for like a month. And then she, I actually pulled her out of daycare for a while and then I put her back in daycare and then she was quarantined because someone in her class tested positive for COVID. And so it's been a lot of up and down. Um, and I haven't really been used to that, honestly, because my kids, my oldest child is in fourth grade. So I've had school-aged kids for a while now. Um, so working in those margins of time is not where I, I mean, it's probably not really where I ever was thriving, but I was used to it for a while and I've gotten not used to it because they've gotten a little bit older. So it's hard for me to go back to that, to feel like I can't really make plans like two or three weeks in advance because I don't know, you never know. Um, so that's been challenging. And I think that, you know, that's true of everyone in the world with COVID. And it's just been a mental um, adjustment to kind of accept that this is where we are right now and it's probably not going to change you know it's changing slowly but it's not like this clock is going to strike midnight at you know December 31st and everything is going to go back to the way it was before COVID started so I think just kind of adjusting to the fact that we're in this for the long haul and that inconsistency is going to be around for a while has um Definitely been an adjustment and definitely been a, a mental adjustment. We also moved this year um, right before the holidays, which was extremely stressful. I've forgotten, in spite of the fact that we've moved like a million times, I have forgotten how stressful moving is. So that really added to kind of like the last quarter of 2021 being a tornado for me. <laughs> it was sort of like this whole um, perfect storm of stressful events coming together. Um, so I really I really had a hard time during parts of that to stay focused and stay motivated and to feel like I was putting my best foot forward and and bringing to the table what I wanted to bring to the table or what I you know always hope to you know be supporting and coaching people. So, um, yeah, so that, that was tough. Um, 
The next thing to kind of change the topic is shipping issues, which I have also found to be Oh, frustrating. This year, I have always been a big supporter of USPS, and I've always had a good experience with USPS. Um, And I have struggled a little bit with that this year. It's been um, not quite as good of an experience as I wanted. I've had a lot of delayed packages. I've had packages that were lost in transit, like completely lost. I Up to this year, I probably have only ever had like two or three packages that were completely lost. Of course, I've had packages that got delayed or took a weird route and kind of like went, you know, in a weird direction. But ones that just straight up never showed up, I really have had very, very few that just never show up. But this year I have had uh, more than I've had in the other like eight or nine years combined that I've been doing this. So that wasn't good. Um, That's always frustrating because then you're dealing not only with the loss of the, you know, revenue from that package and that sale, but also then you're dealing with an unhappy customer who's probably not going to be super happy even if you rectify the situation and send them something else. Like they've still waited this whole long time and it's a whole thing. Um, So that's frustrating. And I think towards the holidays, the the shipping delays have just gotten crazy. I'm recording this mid-December before Christmas. Um, So it has been uh, a wild year for shipping. And again, I don't really think that's going to get better for next year. So I think it's more of just an expectation adjustment, either switching to a different service um, or just knowing that, you know, maybe it's worth it to insure your packages at this point because more packages are getting lost or just setting the expectation for your customers that, you know, priority mail that says two to three business days probably is going to take more like five or six business days. And it just is what it is. If they want to pay to upgrade, they can. But otherwise, you know, you're not the one that really has control over that. So those were kind of my struggles. Um, I would say that in my shop, um, not, you know, not me personally, but my actual shop, that my shop had a very up and down year. Um, The first quarter of the year was like amazing. The second quarter was terrible. And then the third quarter and fourth quarter start sort of like leveled off finally. But when I look at the stats from 2020 and then 2021, and when they compare them on the stats page in my Etsy dashboard, it's kind of interesting to look because 2020, it it stays a lot more consistent throughout the whole year. And 2021, it's like these sharp increases that were like way busier than 2020 and then these really sharp decreases that were less busy than 2020. So I haven't had the inconsistency like that in recent times. Um, So that was a little bit weird for me. But on a positive note, the second half of the year was a lot more consistent. It seems to have leveled off at a lot more normal level. I feel like the months, you know, really June was like my last not great month. And since then, it's been back to what I would say is kind of my expectation, my like baseline for what I expect from the consistency of my shop. So that has been good. I am hopeful that that continues into next year and that we begin to see a leveling off of these ups and downs. I've talked with a lot of students in my Scale Your Sales student group 
that also said that sort of that middle part of 2021 was really up and down and products that were selling really strongly before stopped selling and then random products started selling. So I don't know if there was some sort of algorithm change. I always hesitate to say that because then things do get back to normal and you say like, I, it was a fluke. I'm, I'm not really sure what happened. But I am grateful and thankful to move forward knowing that, you know, it's kind of leveled out and leveled out at a, a high enough level that I'm happy with my number of sales as it leveled off at a bad month and then just stayed there. So that's great. And I'm hopeful that 2022 will bring about a little more normalcy in that roller coaster ride. The next thing that I am calling a win is that I was able to raise my prices and maintain the number of sales that I feel like is normal in my shop for a month. So because of the you know rise in material costs, rise in shipping costs, everything else is getting more expensive. <laughs> so I did raise my prices slightly, not a huge, huge amount, but slightly to make up for some of the difference in my um, cost of goods. And it hasn't seemed to impact my sales. I'm still having consistent sales at the level that I would expect for this time of the year. So that's always good because it's always a little bit scary to raise your prices and to not know if you're going to price yourself out of the market or not. Another thing that I did that was interesting this year and I've never played around with before was to ship some stuff UPS. Um, after I recorded the episode with Lacey, that was all about using Shippo and UPS. Um, if you want to go back and look for that episode, it is episode number 91, Ditching USPS and What to Do Instead to Avoid Shipping Delays This Holiday Season. That's the title of it. Um, so I gave that a shot just to see how it would go. And I had pretty good um, results with it. So I was mostly shipping my baby quilts, which are over a pound via UPS. And I found it to be significantly quicker than USPS and about the same price. Sometimes it was a, a few dollars cheaper. Sometimes it was like 50 cents more expensive, but it was right around in the same range as USPS priority mail which I have to send those quilts by priority mail anyway because of the weight. The only thing that I will say, and this is a warning to everybody who has um, dabbled in UPS, but maybe you haven't run into this scenario before, is that shipping internationally with UPS was a little bit more challenging with Shippo than it was with Etsy labels. So I ran into a situation where I had somebody actually request specifically that I send things via UPS to Canada um, because it gets there a lot faster, I guess. And I was pumped because I went and put the label into Shippo and it was like $20 cheaper than priority mail was gonna be. And it, and it was like a three-day delivery. Okay, this is great. Like this has opened up a whole new thing for me with Canadian shipping. And I guess turns out I didn't print off the right forms. You have to have some sort of, I can't remember what they call it, commercial invoice or something that you attach to the package. My UPS people locally are extremely less than helpful. Um, so they did not inform me of this and they were not particularly friendly or nice about it when I had to reprint the label and bring the package back after it got returned to sender. <laughs> 
Um, so I don't know if this is only in my local area, but apparently our UPS store, which we only have one of them in my town, is a franchise that's like not really, you're not really dealing directly with UPS or something. I don't know. The guy tried to explain it to me and I was like, he kept referring to UPS as them. And I was like, this is a UPS store. Why is them different than you? And he was like, but we're not them. And I, it did not make sense to me. Anyway, he was not helpful. And so what ended up, what should have cost me like $20 to send UPS ended up costing me like $45 because I had to send it twice and then blah, blah, blah. It was a whole thing. So if you're going to ship UPS um, to Canada, there were also really high customs fees, which maybe there always are. I don't know because I have never heard anyone complain about that, but the person had to pay like $60 in custom fees. Um which again, maybe that's normal and I just didn't know it. I've never gotten the notification for it, but I did think that that was really high. Um, but if you do decide to ship to UPS, my point being that make sure that you have all the paperwork in order or maybe even if you want to start dabbling in UPS, bring it to the UPS store without a label. Like don't print a label online and bring it to the store and just pay the counter rates the first time so that you can see what all you need to include. Um, because my understanding is the problem was that I printed the label online, so they just scan it in and accept it. They're not really checking it. Whereas if I'd purchased the label at the store, then they would make sure it had everything that it needed on the package. So those are my good things. I learned a lot this year with shipping, I think. Um, and I think that that was an interesting shift. And, um, you know, just kind of riding the wave of retail and living through another year with the pandemic and everything. I feel like it was a good year all in all. <laughs> um, moving into 2022, there was actually a post in the Scale Your Sales student group the other day that I loved seeing. It was all about, you know, what are your goals for 2022? And people were talking about what they want to do and what they want to focus on and revenue goals and all of that. And um, so I was thinking about it and my revenue goal for 2022 is really to stay right at about the same level. 2021 for me, I again, there's still a few more weeks of 2021 from where I'm recording this, but um, revenue wise for 2021 was almost exactly the same as 2020 for me. It was scattered throughout the year differently. So I had months that were busier than 2020 and months that were a lot lower than 2020, but it shook out at the end of the year within about 3% of 2020. I think that's really good. To me, what that says is that the consistency is there, which is really what I want because that allows it to be a dependable income more than anything, which is helpful to me in planning my finances and paying myself paychecks and all of that kind of stuff. And while I have spent a lot of years growing my shop and wanting it to be like bigger and bigger and percentage, you know, 10% increase or 30% increase or whatever, my goal for next year really is to stay right at the same income level. Um, this is a really comfortable place for me. And, you know, as much as I talk to you all about meaningful income for your family, I think that the level that my shop has been at for the last two years allows me to bring in that meaningful income for my family, but also doesn't require me to make a whole lot of sacrifices of family life. And so I feel like it's like the perfect sweet spot 
of like, like I said, I can work, you know, one, maybe two days in a week or maybe like one and a half days in a week, get all the monogramming done. And then I have the other days to do coaching and stuff. Um, and I don't feel like I'm just constantly drowning in orders. I don't like that feeling. I don't like to feel like I'm, you know, behind, (laughs) um, and I don't like to get behind. And so being able to just maintain where I'm at, even though the type A goal setter in me doesn't like to be content, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't want to be complacent with it. Um, but I have to kind of weigh that type A go-getter with also like mom of four and running two businesses and say that this is a really good, good spot for me. Like this, this is where it feels comfortable. If I were to increase my sales by a whole, a lot, then I would either be working a lot more or I would have a, to be looking at hiring employees and stuff again, which brings on a whole nother set of circumstances. Like having employees is great and it's great to have help, but it's not just a hole in one, like you can step away and you never have to think about it. You're just managing employees and answering questions and all of that stuff instead of doing it yourself. So having this level of um, revenue at my business feels really good to me and it feels manageable and doable and like a good balance, I think. And I really have been striving for a little bit better balance in my life. So I feel like that is a good place for me to be. The next thing I want to work on for 2022 is getting a star seller badge. I haven't talked about the star seller thing a whole lot since it came out because I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I don't think it matters a huge amount. However, I am a numbers person. (laughs) So it really bothers me that I don't have these numbers that they're telling me they want me to have because I like to make an A and I am not making an A right now because my star seller things are like B work. Um, So I have consistently had the star seller uh, 95% thing for messages answered and reviews, but I'm always running behind on orders. Not always. I am up and down running behind on orders. So the second half of this year, since the star seller thing came out, I've really worked on getting things out on time better um, because not only just for the star seller badge, um, but also just because I do think that that's really important. And I know that when I get behind on orders and when I have orders that go really overdue, it does impact my sales. It absolutely impacts my overall sales. So having the consistency of getting things out on time, I think is important. And that is my goal for this coming year is to be better about that and to you know, either when I get overwhelmed, either extend my processing time or raise my prices or whatever to slow down orders rather than just like allowing them to continue to spiral and then me get really behind. The next biggest goal for me is for my print on demand designs to make up 25% of my income from my shop by the end of the year. I'm not sure that this is a doable goal. I'm not sure that this is going to happen, but I'm putting it out into the world I want to begin to make a shift where more of the items that I'm selling are a part of the print-on-demand designs that I have in the shop, and less of it is the actual monogramming. There's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is just I really like the digital, um, the digital design aspect of it, 
And part of it is also that I like not having to order inventory <laughs> and keep track of my inventory and everything. And the other part of it is that I can do those designs while I'm sitting at my computer and I don't have to be, you know, hustling between embroidery machine and embroidery machine. So um, I don't know that I'll ever like do away with the monogramming side of the business because I do like it and I have all this equipment and everything, but I do want to begin to make that shift where the monogramming makes up part of the business and the POD designs make up part uh, a bigger portion of the business than what they're doing right now. So those are my goals for 2022 and my year in review for 2021. I hope that this has been helpful for you. I would love to hear your goals and where you wanna be in 2022, what you're striving after. Hit me up on Instagram, lauren.keplinger, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.